This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. In a world of heroes, villains, six British actors will come together to play Pathfinder. It's sort of like D&D, but also really not like D&D. Join Falter. I immediately regret this decision. Caragor. Oh, I see you, Kenneth. Velda. Behold my arcane powers. Shania. Yes, I've cracked the case. M. Now kill him. <laughs> and the Dungeon Master for an actual play podcast that takes adventure Seriously. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and from DangerClubPodcast.com. Danger Club, let's roll. God, doing that voice hurts. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio. Expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek, myself, Mike. And we're being joined by a guest who is in the movie that I guess just released today. Uh, I'm assuming in Canada first. Uh, she plays the role of Pat Maury Salchuk. And the movie is Goalie, which is the Terry Salchuk story. And the, our guest is Georgina Riley. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> That's a mouthful in that intro. That was a mouth. A lot of a lot of names. <laughs> so um if I didn't say too much about the movie ahead of time, tell us a little bit about uh goalie. Um, well, you know, it's a biopic, yes, about Terry Sawchalk, who is one of the, the greatest goalies, if not the greatest goalie, I mean, for what he went through and, and, the, and his records that he had. And um, just about the life he lived and how the NHL was very different back then for players and and also the struggle of, you know, dealing with something that you are obsessed with and that you love very much, but which also, I guess, breaks you down as a person. <laughs> So yeah. it's not a it's not a light movie. It's definitely um, a heavier one, but it's I don't know. You have a lot of respect for the guy after you see it. I think. Yeah, uh, being a hockey player myself and a goalie myself, there I don't think if, if the way they played back then now, I would not be between the pipes. I, I just wouldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. I can't believe they didn't think about a mask. That was what uh, stuck out to me. I was like, everyone was just like, yeah, this is fine. We'll keep doing it this way. I'm like, um, what? <laughs> well, I, I was surprised. I know. I, I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Well, I was, I was surprised they didn't touch on the fact that he was the first goalie to introduce the mask to the game. Yes, that wasn't done in much depth. I know that you do see the mask later on in the movie, um, but it wasn't something that was... Um, I guess, uh, isolated as, uh, as such an event, you know, in the movie, but yeah, it's, um, it's wild. Like I, I, I got to talk to Pat on the phone, Pat's, Pat's still alive, which was, which was kind of crazy for me getting to talk to her before I shot the movie. And, um, she just was saying, you know, like the guys today don't know how good they've got it. You know, a lot of these guys would play hockey and then they'd have to go back to their jobs in the off season. They weren't paid a lot. They weren't protected with contracts. It was just kind of thrown on the ice to do their thing and then go back to work. And it's just so wild. We just know I never I didn't know that much about it. Um, Mark's a very big hockey fan and I've, I've learned a lot about, about it through him. But um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I will admit there was stuff about Sawchuck I did not realize. Uh, I did not realize uh, the depression he went through or um, or the alcoholism he went through. Mm-hmm. So I I found it found it a little odd that that was covered. Um, but kind of uh, if it's an open book, it's an open book. Um, so I guess one of my questions: How did you get involved in the project? Um, Adriana Mags, um, Mark was attached for those who are listening, who don't know, Mark O'Brien is actually my real husband, (laughs) um, who plays Terry Sawchuk and he was attached to do the project. I guess they've been talking about it for a couple of years, him and Adriana, they had worked together before and I'd always wanted to work with Adriana and it just timed out that when the movie was going to go into production, um, Adriana was like, oh, my God, like, would Georgina be interested in playing Pat in the movie? And so I read the script and I was like, well, you know, obviously I enjoy working with my husband, but I also thought the role was very interesting because it's a very subtle character. And but I think there's a lot to it. Um, And uh, yeah, it just seemed like a great opportunity at the time. I just become a mom myself and I felt like it was time for me to get back to work and so Anna just all fell into place really nicely for me at the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how long did you research the role, uh, I guess, with talking to, to Pat? Um, I didn't research. Like, I read um, there's a book of poetry that um, the movie is based upon, written by Adriana and Jane's father. And um, I read... I read some more like kind of candid interviews with Pat and her relationship with Terry. Um, but I kind of signed on pretty late in the game. Like I signed on probably only a couple of weeks before they went to camera. Oh wow! So I was kind of in a rush. Yeah. I was kind of like, okay. Um, the script had a lot in it that really showed me like what she went through and, and um, you know, what her life was like, but talking to her was obviously really illuminating only because I guess I had read the script and then I had an idea of what she might be like considering what she went through. I thought, well, maybe, you know, I don't know if she's going to want to talk about this or is she going to feel bitter about this in some way? I, I was nervous to talk and she was actually such a really cheerful, bright, warm woman. And the way she spoke about it all was with no, there was no, uh, no regret. There was no bitterness towards him she was proud of him she was proud of the sawchuck name she she just really understood what he went through and what he put himself through and 
to do what he loved. And I found that fascinating. It gave me a whole other perspective on her because I was like, man, she's not she's not a pushover or you know what I mean? Like she's a very strong woman and she had a lot of respect for him. And I think obviously there's a sadness there that she wished she could have maybe done things differently, but she didn't know at the time, you know, that was just how things were. Right. Um, I guess since you were in the role and from what we know with sports now, do mm-hmm. you think Terry might have gone through? Um, obviously, he, he most likely suffered several concussions with when a three ounce p- piece of vulcanized rubber hits your head and you have nothing mm-hmm. on your head. Um, you know, between whatever potential broken skull or what potential concussions, concussions um, do you think some of his behavior might have contributed to uh, what we know of concussion syndrome today? Um, yeah, I definitely, I could see that. I don't know enough about, about that medically, but I could say that, I mean, the guy, it was kind of like it ended up, he had to self-medicate for the amount of pain that he was in. In my opinion, it was like, he was in so much pain that couldn't be addressed that I personally think that's why he drank so much because it was like a way to just not have to experience that. Plus also the feeling of total rejection that they felt and, and being completely, you know, disposable if you weren't doing, you know what I mean? Like, just like, I don't have any, I'm not making enough money to feel secure and I'm not being treated with any security. And all I want to do is do this well. And I know I am really good at what I do, but no one seems to be acknowledging that. Um, but I think, yeah, just the pain was what kind of, was what did it because now obviously you see it as soon as someone injures themselves as soon as someone falls on the ice like people are immediately like no you're not playing we're gonna take care of you like it's not even a discussion right so um was it at all difficult playing some of those scenes with your real husband (laughs) um you know um we we do a lot of we help each other a lot in our careers and we've read so many things with each other so I'm going to overall no, but there was a, so our daughter at the time was four months old and Adriana had said, Hey, do you want Penelope to be in the scene with you guys? And I immediately was like, no, only because I was like, this is very confusing for her father to be, you know what I mean? Like, especially at the scene where we're on the stairs and I'm trying to leave. And he's like, I was like, I don't feel like that's fair on her. (laughs) I'm like, to see her dad who's not being her dad. You know what I mean? It would be very confusing. So that definitely was it. I I definitely drew the line there. Um, For us, we have a similar process as actors. We think about acting the same way. So we're not, we don't sit in things afterwards. We're pretty good at pulling in and get, you know, being in and being out of the whole thing. Um, But, you know, there's definitely moments where, you know, in the, at the, in the moment where Mark's being more violent or, angry than usual that is definitely like oh because he's not like that as a person at all like so uh, <laughs> it's kind of like jarring yeah. him, right? um but then it also is i love working with mark because i'm completely comfortable with him so that i feel i can do my work 100 percent because i'm not worried about what he thinks i'm not worried if i'm doing it right it's just we're there to just do it together. So that is really, um, that's a really wonderful thing to have. So since you saw a side of Mark that because of this role, are you keeping the taser on your side of the bed now? Just in case. 
<laughs> you know, if, if he gets paid for doing it, it's all good. <laughs> as long as he leaves it on set. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thankfully, he's not that kind of, I can't speak to his process fully, but I know the guy pretty well. And he doesn't, uh, he'll be joking around in between. He's one of those. So it makes it very, and you really need that on a heavy set. I think obviously there's times where you need to stay in it because you're about to roll again and do the take, but you also do need people to have a lightness around because otherwise it can, for everybody, it can get very heavy, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah. so he does it, uh, lightens up the mood between takes just to prevent it from taking over um, personal life. Yes, definitely. And the crew and everybody. And, and when it when it makes sense to when it's not distracting from the work, obviously, um, he's a pretty cheerful guy. And I think it's interesting because I've worked on a lot of things, but you're we call the first person on the call sheet, obviously, the number one. And the number one really sets a tone for a set, like how they are kind of is what everyone sort of goes by a little bit. And he just set a really nice environment for everyone considering the content and things like that, you know? Uh, so Mark was that number one? Yes, he would be number one. Well, being makes, Harry. makes sense because goalies go first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just waiting for that. <laughs> I, I was. I was. Um, well, and, and you were mentioning, too, uh, goalies back then. Um, I mean, you only had six goalies at the time up until Terry went to Toronto and they decided mm -hmm. to keep two, mm -hmm. which kind of changed the game then as well. So, um, of course, that added pressure is definitely something that uh, affected everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the game is so it's so tough as a game, like you're doing something that other other sports do, but on ice and backwards and so fast and yeah. like the shifts that are required and people kind of, I know that I didn't necessarily have as much respect for a goalie only because obviously I knew the goalies of, of now, but I still even have respect for them just because it's, everything's on you. There's nobody... Like, you know what I mean? The game's kind of on you the whole time in a way, even though you're down there. And it's lonely. You're down there for a while by yourself. And then suddenly all this action comes towards you and you're the one responsible. And yep. then suddenly it's gone away from you now again. And you never, it's a weird thing because you don't, you don't, I mean, this is from my understanding, but you don't get the glory. You don't score the, you know, the goal, like you are there to stop them. It's just an interesting position. I mean, yeah. you would know more than I would. <laughs> there, there's not many goalies who have scored a goal. And when it happens, it's rare. Uh, I want to say in the NHL alone. Yeah. Uh, no one, he did it twice, but still one goalie to, there was one that just happened earlier this year, as a matter of fact. Oh, cool. Um, well, there you three, go. Four, I want to say maybe five goalies, maybe six total that have scored a goal uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. So it's not a rare thing. Um, I mean, it, it's a very rare thing, but yeah. as, as the exchange, um, between you and Mark as Terry and Pat in the diner, where he's explaining um, now his job is to keep the puck out. Puck goes mm -hmm. in. It's his fault. Mm -hmm. If yeah, if the puck if he makes the save, play continues on. He mm -hmm. he's almost not recognized. If the team loses, it's his fault. Team wins. Yeah. it's everyone else gets the credit, even though he gets the the win as well as a goalie. Mm -hmm. It's a team win, not a goalie win. Especially if you know, if he steals the win from the other team. Yeah, and that's what I loved about the guys' performances um, on the team. I thought that they were really, 
I thought that they had a very subtle, it was a, a, a subtle support of Terry in the movie. I thought the way they played their roles was actually quite beautiful in that kind of brotherhood and, and being there for your goalie. I thought that they really had that there, which they actually felt a protective of their goalie, even though, you know what I mean? Just from right. an outside view, that doesn't seem that way. It doesn't, like you're saying, it doesn't appear that way. It's like, it's on the goalie. And then if the goalie saves, who cares? The game's just continuing. You know what I mean? Right. And I, um, I thought Steve, um, Steve Byers did a really good, there were just moments with that, that I saw him the way he looked at Mark in scenes. I was like, he's doing so much just to show that in the teammate kind of storyline. Right. Um, so I guess I'm going to ask you on behalf of Mark <laughs> or ask Mark through you, uh, how, how much of the time on ice was him? And then how much was, uh, Stuntman? All of it was Mark. <laughs> oh wow yeah mark did all of it mark did all of it mark plays hockey three times a week um he still plays in la he has played goalie um that's not normally the position he plays but he came in for training early they obviously had a coach and he learned terry's signature moves and the things that that terry did and the way he he was in goal um but mark did all of it and even the stunts because the stunts were done with foam pucks Okay. So obviously you're not using a real puck. Um, right. Still hurt, but not as bad. Yeah, they not as bad. There were definitely, you know, Mark was sore, but he Mark is a guy who, if he's got like, if as soon as ice is close to him, like he like he's like a kid. He's like, I got to get on there. I got to get on there. I got to get on there. Right. So he if, to him this was a dream. You know, you got this complicated character, all these different layers, you know, that are so different from him as a person, plus hockey. He is a huge hockey fan. So this was like a dream come true for him to get to do. Um, yeah. Well, I, I want to say I heard about this film being developed maybe back in 2018. That sound about mm -hmm. right? Or was it earlier? Yeah. Yeah, that, that would that would make sense. Yeah. No, yeah, we shot it in. Wait, no, we would have shot it in 2018. Okay, we shot so I must have heard about yes. it in 2017. Yes. Early. Yes, that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, how, I, I don't know, you probably won't know much about the casting. How hard was it not to cast uh, the actor who played Gordie Howe in the Mr. Hockey movie for this movie to try and tie the two films To play together? Gordie Howe? Yes. Um, I wouldn't, that's a question for Adriana more than me. I think that, you know... I think they probably just were like, let's do a clean slate. Let's find another actor. I don't think it was a conscious decision not to have him. I think it was just, you know, this is a different movie and that's what right. they're going to do. And, and Steve looks so perfect for the yes, part. He like he just, yes. he has the whole look and he's a great actor. I've worked with Steve before and he's very fun. And, and um, so, yeah, that's my, and this is obviously my answer from my viewpoint on the situation, but Yeah. How upset were you that so, you did not get it any scenes with Kevin Spacey? With, well, Kevin Spacey wasn't in the movie. Me and I Kevin mean, Pollock. Pollock. Sorry. <laughs> I'm very uh, happy I yeah, didn't have any. Say, I'm like, very happy. I'm so scared. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those. It's, it's been a long day. I get my, it's okay. my people it's mixed up. I got the first name right, so I'll take you half did, credit. Kevin. Um, yes, obviously very I'm a big um I'm a big Maisel fan. So um to work with to have a date with Kevin would have been really nice. I think Pat should have had a scene where she kinda like goes at him, you know <laughs> and gives him a yeah, hard time. Like that would have yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been really nice. Um but yeah, he's he's amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, we're very lucky to have him. I know that Mark enjoyed working with him tremendously. He's so talented and funny and quick. And yeah, his performance was great. Yeah, it gave some new insight on Jack Adams that I never expected. Yeah, everybody really didn't. Uh, it's fascinating hearing about like what he what people thought of him in the industry that I learned. Yeah, it, it's um, I think. I think it's, uh, it's it still goes back to the game was different then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, kind of like the way the movie industry was different then. I mean, you, people were owned, right? You were owned by studios. You were you weren't a you weren't an individual. You were a commodity to make money off of. It wasn't a loyalty thing, and it's just interesting that time period just kind of had that. That right. vibe in general, people in power were like, you're really good at something. I want to make money off of it. I'm going to own you, but I don't owe you anything. And here's how it's going to go. And you love what you do so much as an actor or a, a, an athlete that you're like, geez, I just want an opportunity. So, okay. But then it can, you know, kind of ruin your life. <laughs> so how, how did it come about? Yeah, and that- you never expect it. Yeah. No, because you, you just have such a passion for it and people take advantage of that. It's the passion that people take advantage of because they're like, this person's going to do it no matter what. Like, even as an actor now, there's times where you're you're challenged with like, we really want you to do blah. Will you do it for like no money or little money? And then you're kind of having to make a decision of like, well, obviously you do it for the art, but I also don't want to be taken advantage of. Like, I want to, you know what I mean? You want to have your integrity in as well. So. Right. Right. That's how I relate to the game back then and how I how, using parts of my life and understanding what that could feel like, I guess. Yeah, there's a, lo- a lot of similarities there. Yeah, yeah. as I know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, what's been the reaction to the film, uh, especially in your role uh, from the family uh, and then from the, I guess, the hockey community and then just the general public? Oh my God. Um, uh, I know everybody like- loves it. Everybody loves it and thinks I'm fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what I'll go with. No, um, from the family, I haven't spoken to Pat. I don't know if she's seen it. I know that her son, her son was at some of the screenings. I have met him and he's very moved by it and very emotional about it, but was also very acknowledging of us and very supportive of it. And I think, Obviously, it's just a very emotional thing for him to watch, but he had no nothing but good words and kind words to say about it and definitely was totally okay with it. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's, that is. That's, especially since there was such a dark past. Yeah, but I guess if it's a them. truth. Yes, I guess, though, if there's a truth there, <laughs> it must feel good to be like, yes, this is what I lived and this is true. This is. And I still love him and I still have respect for him because even though the movie shows his dark side, it doesn't take away the fact that this guy was being used as a chess piece and was not taken care of by, um, by you know, the hockey right. league. Like it wasn't um, – so – there's that. And then I guess, you know, there's been a lot of most most of the feedback that I've received is really great. I, I've had surprisingly, you know, I came to do the movie and I just come in and I do my job and it's to support a story. And it's not, you know, it's not about me. It's about, OK, what story are we telling and what is my part in this? And that varies job to job. And I've had surprisingly people be like, I was really just moved by your performance, like which I 
you know, I'm there to support. It's not, but some people have found it very, they've been very kind. I had lots of kind words about how Pat was portrayed, especially from Adriana's father, who just was like, I'm glad you didn't play her as a weak, you know, walked all over wife. That wasn't who she was. Um, she had, she had, you know, for lack of a better word, I don't know. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not going to deal with this. The kids come first. I'm not dealing with this. And, but then also understood him enough to be like, right. And support him and be like, I get what you're going through, but that doesn't make it okay. Um, Well, of course she, she, she had a strength. Yes. Oh my God. She had seven kids. She had seven kids and a dog to like drag around from city to city. And we only see three of them. We only see her kid wise up to the third child. Yeah. Cause when we skip forward to when we're in our forties, I guess, towards the end, they just, we just didn't show the kids. Um, but yeah, I was at different, I had different pregnancy bumps to put on throughout that movie of where she was at and different, um, but yeah, she was a strong woman. And then after a while, she didn't want to go with him anymore. She had too many kids and she just felt it was too disruptive. So she didn't, she didn't go with him when he was traveling anymore with all the kids. And I think that's even, I always find that scene where she's ironing really heartbreaking because I even know as a wife of, of uh, a husband who travels a lot as an actor, you're not there for the wins. You're there when they need you <laughs> and you're there right. as a support and then they get the win and it's so your win too because you contributed so much to it and then she's at home and she's so happy for him but she's also so brokenhearted for their marriage. You know what I mean? And she doesn't get to celebrate it with him. Right. Um, right. Even though it's half hers for that support that she's put there. So I found that interesting too. Okay. Um, oh. I had a thought and it's gone. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, I, I thought you did. And um, I thought you did an excellent job of portraying um, the, uh, the feeling of being, not being able to be there at his downs um like like the ironing scene you were talking about and everything mm-hmm. uh, i thought you did a pretty good job of portraying those those emotions thanks thanks i i, I always um i always find it in the moments i find sometimes the most interesting are the ones where there's no dialogue right and then the audience can kind of also then contribute more to mm. Those moments are, I think it was Dustin Hoffman who said that once. I can't remember who it was, but I, it really stuck with me. He's like, those moments in between where there's no talking are when the audience is allowed to be a part of the story with you and put their own ideas onto it. When it whereas if you always have characters explaining everything to you or saying everything they're feeling, then the audience never gets to kind of put their own thing into it, right. which is right. what makes watching stuff when it's good. That's what's happening. You're a part of it. And, um, Mm. you know, some people are like, we don't like, you know, you don't have a lot of lines or you don't. And I'm like, but it's not about that. It's what are we telling as a story and overall, and this character's part in it. And a part of that is a lot of the silence of just like, do I say something? What do I say here? Is he going to get more mad if I say something? When do I put my foot down? When do I just deal with it? You know? Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, 
So I, I, I'm glad to hear that uh, Pat gave you some of that insight to, to help shape your portrayal of her. So you mm-hmm. didn't come across as someone who was being walked over um, since you got that feeling that she's not that way. No, she didn't get She just the last scene in the, in the movie where I come and I see him in the body bag when they're going through and. My face is just, I mean, the way I was thinking at that time was more like this was inevitable. This was not shocking to Mm. her. This was inevitable. And it's a loss in that I wish it could have just gone differently. But it's not a loss that wasn't anticipated in a way, which is kind of the worst because you're just waiting for it to happen and feeling helpless the whole time about it. Um, there, there's some pain, but like when people are older and you're and you know it, time is coming. It, it's a little bit of that relief. Yeah, that they're in yeah. a better place. Yeah, that it wasn't going to get better. It was only going to get maybe worse because they weren't together then. They had divorced at that point. Um, and um, yeah, when I spoke to her though, she was just like, "We're so proud of being." You know, the kids get treated. She's like, it's funny. The kids get treated better than he did because they have the Sawchuck name. And so when there's special events or things to do with the NHL and the kids get invited, they get treated with so much more respect than he did. And the whole reason they get that is because of what he achieved. And she said that she was like, it's amazing. And she's like, I'm so proud of him. And the guys today don't know how good they got it. And it's what he went through set up. I mean, set a precedent yeah. of like we can't do this and um to our players and uh well and of course we see during this time period as well because we see it with uh jack adams and he's blamed for the players union being formed um i didn't realize that happened while adams was still alive and terry was still playing mm-hmm. um so, but it's, it's really never touched on on how much Terry was involved in creating the players' union either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about that, but I think it's all those subtle things, though, that do. I mean, maybe you do. Um, kind of contribute to that. Like, eventually, somebody has to be like, "All right, we yeah. gotta like, you know, we can't just let this happen to people anymore." I mean, uh, yeah, that's why we were both saying at the top of this that it's shocking that anyone would be like, yeah, I think it's fine that they don't wear a mask. (laughs) Even back then, hey, it's fine not to wear a helmet either. I know. And also it's crazy. Even now, so Mark will play, but he wears a cage because obviously he's an actor and he plays with a group of actors in L.A. So they can't they all respect each other and they know they can't they can't play super rough because everyone's got to go to work on Monday and we can't have broken legs and all that kind of stuff. But it's amazing when people don't play. I don't know if you play with a cage, but don't play with a cage. I'm like, oh, my God, like that puck Uh, could just I if I skate out and, and not play goal, um, all my helmets have cages on them. Yes. Oh my uh, God. I just, I, yeah. I, I thought about getting a clear shield and I'm like, uh, knowing how hot headed I am, this will just be fogged up <laughs> all the time. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> oh so, my God. so I do a cage, but uh, of course when I'm in net, I do, I do have my, uh, my helmet, my mask. The full thing. Yeah, of course. Correct. Of course. Which is considered a, a combo compared to what Terry had back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I have, have an old school style K or goalie mask is based on another goalie who played at Pittsburgh and I have skated out 
I, I put my regular mask on on the team bench. Um, I had snuck it out onto the team bench before game time, but I came out uh, when it came time to hit the ice. I put on the old school mask. They're like, "You're seriously gonna wear that?" I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went into the net. I had a couple shots that came close. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go put the real thing back. Yeah, no thanks. I, I'm, I'm gonna put on my <laughs> safety mask instead of this. Um, it's crazy. We have the yeah. mask from the movie at our home. Oh, Mark wow. got to keep it. Yeah, the one they made for him cool. just on set. And it's it's crazy. It's so not protective. <laughs> but it's better than yeah. nothing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even back then, it was um, it's just it's like fiber- paper mache. <laughs> That's it, what it looks like to me. It, it's fiberglass. <laughs> and it went straight against the skin. It wasn't until... Uh, later, I think almost after the time he either died or retired, Mm -hmm. actually, no, he died playing, um, shortly after he died that they started adding foam against it just to help give it some extra cushion. Wow. That's yeah. Shortcuts, right? Yeah. yeah. It didn't look, did a whole lot. Um, it, it did in many, many ways, because I think what wasn't touched on, and I was surprised, too, uh, with the makeup, um, Terry was extremely scarred up. If you ever see a mm-hmm. uh, picture of him near, like, I want to say shortly after he went to the mask, which was his second time back with Detroit mm-hmm. when that came out, you, you see a picture of Terry's face. It's... If if it wasn't washed out with lighting, you could see all the scars on his face, and, and that is discussed on the autopsy table at the beginning of the film. Yes, uh, and we see a couple um, during the movie. Uh, we see some on Mark, but I mean, I was surprised they really didn't go to the extent to show do all the prosthetics to show all of them. I think that famous photo of Terry with all of his scars is sort of um, also emphasized. Like that, you know, that famous black and white where he has yeah. all the, um, that one's obviously, I think they really um, enhanced in a way uh, with makeup, all of that at the time to show how bad it was. I know that Mark went through four stages of scarring, which was really crazy at work because he would have to have to make sure they shot in sequence and, you know, going through from one through four because there would be different right. levels of scarring that they would do, um, you know, obviously. And, um but yeah, I don't know if it was to the degree, but it was, it was still a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. So, so what was it? What was it like seeing him with the with the scars and everything? Is that weird or? <laughs> it was weird. It was so amazing. <clears throat> Makeup and hair is just so amazing at, at just taking you to that time period or making you a character and he just looks so different mark doesn't really shave his hair like just his hair was different and his face was so different and then his disposition is different he sort of disappeared into this to this guy and it and it was amazing it was amazing to see and um i know that he has a lot more respect now for women tend to take longer in the makeup and hair chairs but you know when you start dealing with prosthetics (laughs) you you get a whole other extra hour to two hours of work to do and those things are finicky because it's like very tiny they've got to be made and then they've got to be like glued on and it's a whole it's and you got to hope they stay and if he sweats too much then the scar starts coming off and it's a whole it's a whole thing Uh, that um randy our makeup artist really uh really was um patient and and did exceptional work on it very cool um what was one of your biggest takeaways uh from the film 
Oh my, one of my biggest takeaways. Hmm. In what way? Like from anything? Uh, yeah, from oh. anything that something that, uh, I guess it was a takeaway that, um, that you're, you're not going to forget or, um, what's the direction I really want to go with this? Like based um, on what the movie was about or just correct, my life? Correct. That, that, um, you, that, that you would take to the, from the movie, uh, take to heart for your own life. That I think, you know, that your integrity to yourself and for others close to you and speaking up and respecting that and not backing down from what you know is right, even if you might lose out on doing something that you would like to do, matters more in the long run of your life than that one moment of getting to do it, if that makes sense. It does. And that's a tough one because when you're an artist, when you're an athlete in any job, but especially those because you don't, it's so competitive, you don't get an opportunity all the time and you have to fight for one that sometimes one comes to you that might not actually be the best idea for, you know, all the people in your life if you have a family and all these things and you really have to weigh it out that it makes sense at the time. Otherwise, you know, it's it's about longevity. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's okay to say no to something sometimes if you feel that it's not right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be, yeah. And that, you know, you can, I just had a kid and I was like, I can do this. I'm going back to work <laughs> and I'm going to work out how to do this. And I did it. So, you know, I was proud about that too. Okay. And you just I, gave Mark that, that heads up. Uh, you act like this in real life. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Pat gave me that Don't inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Pat did. I am not a, I'm not a pushover. <laughs> Well, I have, a, I have a feeling after playing that part, he probably got enough of that out of his system. <laughs> yes, definitely. I don't think that's something he'd like to revisit anyway. Mm. I was, I was, I'm, I'm very surprised um, when you said that the real life, the real life Pat is, is, um, has a good attitude towards her, you know, everything that happened and everything. Um, not towards Jack Adams, but she does towards him. No, not yeah, towards right, the game. Right, she yeah. definitely wouldn't put up with that. But she, yes. But overall, she didn't let it um, affect her. I mean, at the time, I'm sure it did. But now she can look back, and that's that's good to hear that that she can well, look back on it. And, well, she took the steps to to protect her and the kids. The kids came her. first. The kids are everything to her. Right. She, yeah. And I told her I had a baby who was four months old, and she was like, "Oh my god!" Like I, I'd, I'd come and help you out with her, and she was so young, and her voice was so youthful, and she was just like, the kids came first, and she didn't let it. I mean, it obviously hurt, and I think there's other things, and I didn't want to pry. I didn't ask that a lot of questions because I didn't feel that that was, you know, a movie as an interpretation. I can only do so much. I'm not here to completely play her. I'm here to – I'm playing an interpretation of her to the best of my ability, and I only called her out of one research but also respect to her to be like, is there anything that you would really like me to know or to communicate because I am playing you? Um but she wasn't fussed about that. She was like, oh, you'll do a great job. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but yes, I was happy to hear that too, that it didn't, she didn't take it with her. She was like, that happened and it wasn't great. But, you know. What, what life was, goes on. Mm-hmm. With, with y'all's talk, what, what was the one thing that surprised you that she, um, she volunteered or, 
or divulged during y'all's talk? I think it was a thing about the kids actually being really respected after the fact. That's not something that I would really think about, you know? And I was like, that is really funny that the kids have the Sawchuck name and the person who suffered, <laughs> you know what I mean, didn't get the same recognition and acknowledgement until after the fact, you know? Right. Um, yep. I just found that interesting. Um and to be honest, yeah, the fact that she didn't take it with her, the fact that me at the time when I read the script, I was like, man, I'd be so pissed, you know, but like <laughs> yeah. she, she probably was maybe at moments, but she definitely did not. Like you said, she just didn't let it tarnish who she was. She just had too much love for the family. And I guess, you know, in some ways people were sometimes just tougher back then. You know what I mean? You got on with stuff. You were like, that doesn't it's not okay. And I'm not saying to ignore anything. That's not what I mean. I don't think I, yes, I do think some things were ignored in that time period, but I also think there's also a strength in that time period of like, I'm going to get on with this. I have a responsibility. I got kids. I got to put food on the table. I have to just be present with them. Whereas sometimes now we can fall into a bit of a, like, there's loads of reasons why things aren't okay. You know? Right. Right. And There was a strength to her that I, I definitely have taken with me of like, man, she had seven kids. And like, you know, that alone is just like props to her. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, if you had a chance to talk to her now, um, what would you hope she would think of the film? Or what do you think she would think of the film? Um, I think I would hope that, um, you know, obviously I'd hope that she felt that it was true and not offensive in any way. You obviously hope that first off, you hope that you you did something right by the people and told the truth of the story. And I hope that she feels that we shed light on something that should have been acknowledged back in the day. And it sort of gives you a, um, a bit of relief that that didn't happen, but at least someone's acknowledging it now. And kind of like why I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, (laughs) because the end of that movie just gives you such a feeling of like, that's what should have happened. You know, (laughs) like it makes you feel a bit better about like about what happened, even though you're sad, that's not what happened. You're kind of like, yes, like that's how I want to remember it in history, because that time has passed now and is not happening right at this moment. So that's what I would hope. And, you know, and I'd also thank her. I'd be like, I got to play you. And I learned a lot from seeing life through your eyes. And it made me really happy and for what I have and, and what matters, you know? Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the other stuff you had done in the past. Um, I'm going to say the first time I saw you, I believe, was on the show Heartland. Oh, my God. Really? Okay. And, and I only say that because my wife and daughter <laughs> binge watched it. Um, I forgot what we watched it on. And then the latest season wasn't out. So I think they started binge watching it on Netflix. The latest season wasn't out. So we ended up getting Amazon Prime and paying for another channel so we could get the latest season. Okay. At that time. Um, how, how did you Bunch get involved of- with Heartland? Um, I was already on a show for the CBC, which is a network that makes that show for five years called Murdoch Mysteries. So it was kind of one of those situations where CBC also makes the show Heartland. So um, there was that part and I read it and, you know, and then I read for it and it just kind of, you know, it was um, the same network that I had been working on and I knew the casting and yeah, it was a fun, it was really fun to go 
I'm not a big outdoorsy kind of girl. So it was fun for me to experience that. And I, I spent the weekend at Amber Marshall's place, which was wonderful and very welcoming of her. And, and I see, you know, we went, she has like her farm and stuff. It was cool. It was definitely an experience. Now, let's also talk a little bit about Murdoch Mysteries. I mean, mm-hmm. you were involved with it for quite some time, right? Yeah, five years. I did that show for, yeah, five years. And it's still going. It's like going into season 14, I think, production. How do we get so. you back on the show? <laughs> I'd come back. I'd come back and do a guest or a couple. Like, I, I, I'm not against that idea at all. That's up to the powers that be. But at the time, it was, I had kind of, it had run its course for me artistically, and I loved it. But I just, my husband was also done his show and we were moving and we already spent so much time apart so it was a personal decision but um i would definitely pop back in for a hello i think a lot of people would find that fun so yeah i would do that now you also got to star with one of my other non-hockey sports personalities Mm -hmm. and i want to say this may have been your first sports film that you did and it's the short body slam oh my gosh (laughs) I'm a wrestling fan, and I'm a huge Roddy Piper fan. Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. Yes. That is, um, that was a fun, that was like a, I think that was like a pitch for a potential series that we did a short film, and it kind of came out of nowhere, and it was really fun. Um, And I know all my guy, all my friends were like, oh, my God, you're working like with, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart. And I was like, yeah, I get like I didn't I'm not a big wrestling (laughs) person. So I was like, yeah, he seems cool. I was like, I'm going to go work with Brett. And they're like, do you know who that is? Like, are you crazy? I was like, I was like, yeah, like, it's cool. And then I like send them pictures and all the guys are like freaking out. And I'm pretty just chill about the whole thing. Um, But, yeah, it was a cool it was definitely an interesting experience. I have a lot of respect for that the detail the the work that goes into that is just yeah um the choreography and and just the you know it's you're acting too and playing big characters and it's fascinating it may be choreographed it may be scripted but it's still real uh as a friend of mine said gravity still hurts (laughs) yes that's true Um, not as fake as people think what was it a shock um, to them that you you weren't really knowledgeable on who they were and weren't going awestruck over them? Um, uh, no, because I definitely did my research and I definitely was respectful. I would never I never go into a job. I always research everyone I'm working with because I never want to not acknowledge the presence in the room. And even if I may not have followed their work, I still think it's respectful to do the research. And I definitely was like, you know, I've got a lot of people who are jealous of me right now. And that's really cool. And, you know, this is really great that we're getting I'm getting to work with you. And I did and I did my research. And even though it wasn't a fan moment for me, there was definitely respect on my end. For it. I'm sure the research you did on Rowdy Piper really <laughs> maybe had you go, what am I getting into? Especially with his, yeah, with his backstory. <laughs> um, I have heard outside of the ring, outside of him being on, he was almost like a teddy bear. Was that kind mm-hmm. of an experience you found that he had that like fatherly teddy bear type? Yes, definitely. Approach? And he was, he was also very serious about what he was just trying, you know, he was there to do a job and listen to the director and was just there to, you know, do the work and was very nice and kind to all of us and just 
did his thing and, and, and was on point and knew what he was doing. And, you know, he was a professional. He's a pro. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what from your past has been one of your favorite, um, favorite projects that you've been a part of? Oh man, there's so many for so many different reasons. Um, I'm well, to, before you answer that, to, I did want to ask about uh, Pontypool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about it? <laughs> what about it? Uh, did you have fun filming that one? <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely. I had a lot of fun. Had, a lot had of to fun. do some. Had to do some. Learn to do some stunts in that one. Learn to do some and, stunts um, in that one. And and um, that's always that's a fun always experience. experience. You see how you're competent in that way. And that way, everyone was great. And Bruce McDonough was a big. Big supporter of me coming up in Canada. He was very. It was awesome to work with him. It was awesome to work just the concept of that movie is is uh, interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very um, it's an interesting horror because a lot of it is led up to it's left to your imagination, right? You don't get to see anything. Yeah, and that's what I think works like, about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like books are more. You know, books can give you more because you're building the world yourself. So that's kind of a similar thing. You don't get to see it. So you are creating a bigger monster potentially in your own head while watching it. Right. Yeah. What projects do you have coming up that you could talk about? Um, Well, right now I'm currently shooting ABC's new show, The uh, Baker and the Beauty, which is going to air on ABC April 13th, right after the Bachelorette premiere. And it's a um, a bit different from the stuff I've been doing. It's a cute romantic comedy, kind of Notting Hill-esque, beauty supermodel meets a baker, and um, how their worlds sort of collide. And I play the best friend, Piper, to the beauty, um, Nat Kelly who plays the character Noah Hamilton. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm finishing up. Um, And yeah, that's what I can talk about right now. There's a couple other things in the pipeline, but I can't really, (laughs) I can't really share because I might get in trouble. (laughs) Derek, we get that all. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets that. It's like we're contracted up the wazoo. So it's, you know, don't say anything. I I think this is one of our first, I think you're one of our first primetime stars that we've had on the show. Oh my God. Well, hi. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, I I didn't realize Baker and the Beauty was um it was an AB was going to be an ABC series. Yes, it is. Yeah, so, it's based on an Israeli series on Amazon, and then they created an American version. And yeah, it's it's on ABC, and it's definitely fun. It's got a great family um, ensemble in it, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be cute. I I think we will probably be watching it in this household. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, my, my wife will be watching as well. <laughs> Um, That's good. I guess the only other way to go back is how did you get into acting? Um, What were some of your inspirations? Um, I kind of grew up in an artistic household, definitely. My parents, my dad and my grandfather and my grandmother were all in some sort of artistic uh, field, mainly music. And then, so I kind of was just raised that way. It's kind of was the family business, how you made money, which was kind of cool. Um, so I kind of, I graduated high school and I got an agent and I just started kind of, just started slugging away at it and showing up to auditions. And it sort of just happened that way. I always was very 
I love talking and I love people and acting is kind of both combined. (laughs) You get to talk and be other people and you get to meet so many different people. And it's such a, it's a beautiful job that way. And it also can make a big difference. The stories you tell can make a big difference, whether it's just make somebody laugh or make somebody think about something. So it was always kind of led in that way. But I will say when I got pregnant, I finally took a break. And that those that break that I took to be pregnant and have my daughter for the first year, other than goalie, um, really let me sit back and kind of look at why I do it and, and gave me new inspiration. And I I see it a little bit differently now in a way that I'm I'm probably more serious about it, not in a ser- not like mindset, but just work ethic wise, which is interesting to me because I finally took a break from the stress of the industry and then kind of came back to it refreshed. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting time back since having a kid. I kind of, it's like a rebirth, I guess, <laughs> in, um, in doing it, which is, which is cool. It's, it's cool. Sometimes it's good to to take a little time off and reevaluate things. And yes, definitely. I think having space from anything, just for a little bit, can give you some better perspective to come back to it, and also what's important and what isn't. And it's a hard industry, and it's got so much rejection in it that it, that can kind of accumulate too much to the point where it starts ruining it a little bit. And so to have that control of like, I'm not doing this. I'm actually not going to do this for the first time in 10 years. I'm not going to audition. I'm not going to do anything other than focus on this very important thing that I am doing. Um, Really just, yeah, it just gave me a whole blank slate to kind of work from. And, um, And then I took class while I was pregnant. And I just kind of looked at it from a very, I wasn't trying to get work. I was just researching and finding inspiration and there was a low pressure I guess which was nice Mm. to just enjoy the art itself and enjoy the the work itself you know yeah that makes total sense cool (laughs) I I know a common theme I, I I always hear from all all levels of actors and stuff is auditioning is the hardest thing to do and and just the thought of it i just i don't know how you guys do it i really don't yeah it's you kind of yeah you get used to it well actually no you never really get used to it except i don't know my advice it got easier for me when i realized my character doesn't know they're auditioning so if I worry about the audition, that's not what the mm. characters, the character's not an audition. The character's like in their kitchen, like having a fight or trying to work out a breakup or trying to make money or they're, they're not doing what you, so if you're, if you're being the, an auditioner, <laughs> well, auditioning is stressful. It's just going to be stressful. So I really try to just be like, that's not what I'm doing right now because that's not what the character's doing. And, um, you know, huh. it takes discipline, but that's the way to get around. I'll still be nervous, but, you know, the character, what that's if the character is super confident? <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah, right. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I try to do anyway. Huh? Yeah. Um, where can people find you online? They can find me. I'm a big Instagrammer. So at Georgina Riley, G-E-O-R-G-I-N-A-R-E-I-L-L-Y is my biggest fun. I have the most fun on Instagram. They can also find me on, I have a Facebook page and I have a Twitter, all the same name, Georgina Riley. Um, but yeah, Instagram's my, uh, my jam. I enjoy it. It's fun. That's my weak point. I <laughs> That's okay. Everyone has know. their thing. <laughs> it's, it's not my That's probably point. a good thing. 
you know, it yeah. also can make people a bit crazy. So you got to know how to, it's, it's a balance, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, if in the realm of acting, what's one area you would like to get into that you haven't touched on yet? I would love to do some theater. I would really enjoy that challenge, actually. Um, that's probably what I would, cause you kind of focus on film and TV, but to do a play of some sort would be just so different the way it's done. And I think it would be, it's really nice to have a direct communication with your audience, whereas film and TV, you film it and you don't really have an audience. And then, you know, months later it comes out and you never really get to know other than social media, like how it was received. Whereas when you're in a room with an audience, you get, you just know, you can feel it. And I think that is just such a, I'd love to experience that again because I haven't really since high school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you got anything else, Derek? Um, no, I don't think so. Because I know we it, did a lot. I was just looking at the time. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, we've been chatting." Yeah. I think we covered a lot of stuff. That's yeah. why we're, we're and now. I was born in England. <laughs> there you go. You don't sound like you were born in England. <laughs> I know. I do if I'm at home, but I left England <laughs> when I was 16. But yes, we can end on that. <laughs> so. Favorite tea? Favorite tea? Oh, Earl Grey. Earl Grey. What, what about the what about the Lady Grey? The Lady Grey. I don't know what that is. Am I not British? I I don't I know what that is either. I, I know. Um, I know Twinings makes a lady. It's a uh, lady Earl. Mm. It's supposed to be a little milder. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to check it out. The Lady Grey. I, I think from so what, what's available in the English area. Were you right? Pardon? Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, what's available in the UK area, um, I love Scottish or Irish breakfast tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love finding British stores wherever I live, and I have all the proper chocolate, because American yes. chocolate's not the same. Yes. I've heard that, yes. Yeah, it's the best. And it's just like I'll with the gum. It's just like with I'll the gummy bears. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, Euro, the oh, European... Yeah. Go ahead, there. I said, I often asked my sister, she, a couple of, few years ago, she actually moved out to England, so she lives out there now. Oh, nice. I miss it. I do miss it. You do need you? her? Yeah. You need her to send you some German Harbor Gold, Gold, uh, Golden Bears. Hmm. It, it's different than the American Gold Bears that Harbor makes. One, oh, really? okay. I'll no, check it out. No preservatives. <laughs> It's all that the more all natural flavoring and they're so wonderful as my wife just hand me a bag we have a no oh, nice haribo haribo's the best yeah, oh we we have a uh German restaurant who and they have a, a deli and they've got all the different gummies and the chocolates, uh, especially mm. from Germany. But they've also got um, I don't know if they carry any of the British stuff, but I know here in Florida, uh, our grocery store Publix carries a lot of the British stuff like the lion bars. The mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. oh, what's the the orange? Oh, Terry's chocolate orange. Yes. That's the bar where each, where you can break it off and it's almost like a little It's orange. a segment. It's like an yeah. orange. Yeah. And it's in segments. Yeah. That's very good. And then, yeah, of course, that's a good one. Then there's also the straight chocolate orange where you put in the freezer and then crack it open and eat your orange slice. Mm -hmm. um, oh, what was the other? The Kit Kat. Galaxy's the best. Galaxy's yeah. the best. It's creamy. It's milky. It's, yeah. it's definitely in the top. I like the, I like the Mars bar. Oh yeah. Mars bar is pretty good. I like the Mars. Just a lot. Like dark chocolate. Just a lot going on in a Mars bar. Yeah, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I know I'm hungry. I'm, I'm, I didn't realize I was like, whoa, I haven't like, I got off set and then called you guys. And I was like, I have not 
I have not eaten. Well, since stomachs are growling, I would say this may be a good time <laughs> to say say thank you for being on the show. Thank uh, you. Check out The Goalie if you can. I know it's out in theaters. Uh, is it coming out on video on demand anytime soon as well? February 25th, it comes out on digital. Okay. So um, that will be available. And then there might be a later release for DVD. But definitely on digital February 25th. And it's going to be in theaters. Now it's just come out January 31st in select theaters. But they're doing another release, so I think, for West Coast in February. So it's all kind of coming out in segments. But I'm so grateful that it's having a U.S. release and that people are getting to see it. And, you know, hopefully they enjoy it. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on. And Thank uh, you. And on that note, we leave it with... Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.